Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello. How y'all doing today? Uh, a little under the weather. I don't know if you Andre can tell. Andre sick. <laughs> Andre has Ebola. He's no. in the <laughs> uh, quarantine area doing this podcast. Yeah, I'm stuck in my room. No, just a, just a little cold, getting over it. So Just as you start classes. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. My body was waiting for it, yeah. Fuck, that sucks. And then you just moved, and you're tired. Yeah. Speaking of tired, you're tired too. You just came back from... It was in Wasco. Wasco. And Delano. Nobody knows where Wasco is. They don't. But what is it known I didn't for? even know. What is it known Wasco? for? Um, almonds. Yeah. The wonderful corporation has land out there, right? They, it's all over. They're all over the Central Valley, but Wasco yeah. is known for its almonds. Do you know what the wonderful company uh, reps and produces? Everything. Palm, Fiji water, Teloflora, almonds, pistachios. That's all them. Wow. I had a friend who worked for the wonderful corporation, and I went into their main lobby down on, um, I think they're on Santa Monica Boulevard, or they were. And they're... I guess their CEO collects like amazing works of art. So their lobby was like priceless fucking art. They had security guards just for the art in the lobby. Wow. So I guess that palm juice like flings off them shells. Just like whole towns that are only exist existing because of the, of the wonderful corporation. Yeah. Ain't that the American way? <laughs> All right. Capitalism. Holla. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about queer representation on screen. Um, a couple of things we want to kind of talk about that and say about that. Andre has a very specific position he wants to come from. I don't think it's anything that's surprising. Or, uh, but I just want to hear what you have to say about that. Because we talk about this stuff like all the time. Yeah. Um, by erasure, queer representation, why it matters. But I want to know specifically, like, what is your concentrated take on it at this moment in time? <sighs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm having this conversation all the time. Um, that's not a bad thing, but, uh... I kind of I want to preface it by saying, for anyone who hasn't like picked up on it, I am I identify as bisexual, so I do have a dog in this race. <gasps> Shocker! Shocker! I know. Um, I feel like we have <laughs> talked about it on the podcast before uh, here and there, but yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think anybody who's paying attention picked up on that. Yeah, I, the last thing I want is for people to think I'm straight. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I do have a dog in this race. Um, I also want to say. Any views I express on this subject is just from what I have personally sort of had experience with. I don't pretend to speak for everybody on this issue. This is just how I feel about certain things. Um, and I feel like specifically talking about queer rep in media is really challenging because I'm of the opinion that representation in and of itself like, is not... Like, by itself, it's not always a good thing. Mm. Um, it's believed to be a good thing because anytime it happens, usually it's done well. But there are some examples of bad representation, and we can get to that later. We talked about it last night. Oh, yeah. Um, when it's done wrong, it goes horribly wrong. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But um, I want to just start with, I want to break down the chain of logic. Like, why do we need diversity? Why do we need representation? Why? basically the why and it kind of boils down to to two main things one is we need the normalization of queer stories and two uh queer topics need to stop being treated like adult concepts um the normalization of queer stories especially in the climate today is really important and necessary 
because <clears throat> even though we have legalized gay marriage throughout the 50 states, although I don't know about in a year or so, but, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> um, we still have a long way to go. We have an extremely That was a nervous chuckle. Go. That wasn't an approving chuckle. That was a nervous chuckle. Yeah, a nervous chuckle, yeah. Um, but we do have a long way to go. And globally, it's still a gigantic issue. Like, it's still yes. illegal in some countries. And you could be, you know, you can be um, incarcerated for it or even murdered in some in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we do, we do need to normalize this stuff. And half of it is not even for... I'm going to say half of it is for people who are growing up queer and thinking and are being told that it's not normal and you're not valid. If they see good representation on screen or in their books or whatever, they do have that lifeline of like, maybe that's not the narrative. Maybe what I'm being told is not the only narrative that I am still a valid person. And again, I have I've had this conversation before and people always tell me, well, if you need your sexuality validated by like a TV show, uh, do you think we're going about this the wrong way? And to that, I answer no, because media plays such an important part in our society and the decisions we make, whether we're conscious of it or not. Um, And they're like, well, how, what about in the past where TV shows and movies were included? Well, we have art, we have books, we have plays. It, it, It goes back centuries and centuries ago. And honestly, it's only really been an issue um, stemming from the fact that we have this one line in the Bible, in this one chapter, in this one book that has been translated thousands of times and weaponized by people to push their own agendas. Um, but I'm not going to go down the biblical rabbit hole. Even That's though just... they themselves are in a closet many times. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, and again... It's, it boils down to the question, why Why do we need diversity? It's because people are being prosecuted and killed for being who they are. I will say this. When I was when I was um, in my past relationship, um, it was someone I met on, like, in school. And I would, sometimes I would, like, reach for his hand, like, just to hold hands as we were walking. And he, was, he wasn't comfortable with it. And when I asked him why, it's because I don't feel comfortable holding hands in public because I don't know if anyone's going to do anything. Right, and that's sort of like the best example I can give you as to sure. why you don't know if you're gonna to have to defend yourself. Yeah, hell, you know, I, I've I've had these same experiences as well. A small Southern college, um, trying to hold my girlfriend's hand, and she was black. She goes, "You trying to get me fucking killed?" You know, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, dude? You know, we can't. And we were sitting in a dark theater, and I thought it was safe. And she was like, "Stop it, dude!" Like seriously. So no, I feel you. I think also another important why does it matter is that. Um, there are statistics out there, and, and they get quoted for whatever agenda we're serving. But I, I've, been long, I've been alive long enough to tell you that a lot of people, a lot of people are gay, queer. A lot of people are living this way. And some of them, I can tell you personally, are the ones who just don't want to talk about it, don't want it on screen necessarily, just don't want to make a big deal out of it, right? Because you do become a target for the thing that you just said. They're they're so underrepresented. Under, I mean, what's the word? Unrepresented. Under not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, underrepresented. There's a under. Yes, there's that that. When we do do this right, when there is queer representation done on screen correctly, where it's just 
no bigs, just everyday part of the story. People are just like, it's not in your face. You know, it's like on Snowfall, Aunt, Aunt Louie, she just happens to be by. She's just there cutting dope, you know, going between her man and then her woman. And we're not making a big deal about it. That's where I'm like, the show's not hitting you over the head with anything. It's just, this is just yeah. a fact of life. And this is 1970s, early 80s LA where crack was blowing up. So the story's not about Aunt Louie being, you know, by The story's about how crack became king in LA. Yeah. You know, and like, or the main character in Halt and Catch Fire, you know, our story is about the birth of the internet and our main character happens to be by. Mm-hmm. Again, this, those are not unicorns. Those are actually people that happen because you're, Two of them are on this podcast. So it, it's, it, I think the bigger point is, and going, flowing to your point, is that the reason it matters is because they're out there. Right. A bunch of old white pretending to be cis het men are not the majority anymore, especially in this country. Right. I mean, I so, mean just, yeah. just imagine, you know, be, seeing, not seeing yourself represented at all within something that is so ever present in our society and influences mm. in so many ways. Imagine feeling like that and being told that you're invisible, that you're not a valid human being. And here's the other thing as well. I feel like sexuality needs to stop being treated as like a plot point yeah, by exactly. writers and critics alike. I've heard people say in a like, um, you know, anything regarding some announcement that's made that this character is going to be gay or bi or whatever. People are always like, well, if it, you know, does it matter to the plot? Like, what bearing does it have on the plot? Sure. And I'm like, no one asks that when it comes to heterosexuality, which I find interesting. Which I yeah, find we'll go to the Cheers bar. We need to, like, talk about Sam's heterosexuality and his relation to Diane. And But again, <laughs> you know? how many times has, like, the main motivation for a protagonist been, like, a, like a, like a man chasing after a girl. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like mo- yeah. most of the motivation motivation for heterosexual protagonists are the fact that they're chasing after the opposite sex. So mm-hmm. already it's an ingrained part of the plot, and I feel like and that's why everything has a romantic context to it now. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of it's really hard to get away from that. Um, someone pointed out to me the other day, like Thor Ragnarok has no romantic plot at all. And I'm like, oh, you have a point. And I was not missing it. That's true. Um, so, yeah. It's- there is a, the, just a brief moment where Hulk is looking at Black Widow and being like, hi, girl, hi. And then it's over. But, yeah, you're right. There's no, there's no story there. Yeah. No romantic plot. I don't no know the relation of, I don't know the character's name. Uh, I don't know the relationship between Taika's character, the rock guy, and his insect friend. But they, they could be. A couple. Exactly. You know, and I've heard I've heard a lot of times as well. Um, representation, unfortunately, is sometimes could be like a production decision. And mm. when the production says, no, you can't, the writers will do their absolute best to imply without ever actually saying it or showing it. Yes. Yes. That they're trying to imply something. And this is the, the ar- this is yeah, this is the argument that people have made regarding like Captain America and Bucky. Um, that the Russo brothers are like pushing it as only as far as they can go, so it can be it could be interpreted in that way. Um, I will say, you know, the, the Greatest Generation, y'all, y'all just didn't talk about it, you know. But there are like so many stories because I'm a World War uh, II buff, or used to be bigger bigger than I am now. But the, there were so many queers in the armed forces who would come back from war and just like fuck trying to be in the closet. You know, I lost my 
my lover and he was also in my platoon and just told their stories and just like they just and these are guys who just come back from World War Two fought some Nazis and some Japanese folks and they were ready to beat your ass. So if they tell your story and you're like, hey, queer, you get your fucking head kicked in. You know what I mean? So there was a time and there's been times throughout our history where it was like right there. And and what's funny is they have this coded stuff in films from the 40s. There's code in 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s where the long look across the room where it, you know, we're not going to include this in the story, but it was definitely there. Yeah, where I take a, where I take exception to it and offense to it is where the queer person is um, typically the villain. Well, know? yeah, queer coding basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another issue. Uh, I mean, like queer, queer stereotypes is again. I feel like stereotype is not in and of itself a bad term, but when it's done bad, it's you know it's bad. But yeah. stereotypes more often than than not are inflicted upon queer people by straight white people. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. This yeah. is this is why no anytime like when Queer Eye came out and people were some people, believe it or not, had taken issue with Jonathan for being yeah. the typical Feminine. flamboyant mm-hmm. gay queen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you have a problem with that, then there's some internalized something going on with you. Sure. Because again, stereotypes have been inflicted upon by straight white writers or people or whatever. The problem also, you know, when stereotypes turn bad is when that stereotype becomes the only defining characteristic of that character. Well, the femme, the femme thing gets me here. This is my funny thing. So obviously you, you came from a woman's vagina and you're mad about this boy emulate, em, em, emulating a woman. So you're mad at him acting like a woman. I'm sorry, but you, what was the problem with that? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you're mad at him for acting like a woman. Like when people call people cunts. I'm sorry. That's the hardest working, you know, part of the body in the show business. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who you calling a cunt, motherfucker. That cunt gets does all kinds of things that y'all don't even want to like even know what happens. So it's like, you know, that's why I think there's a lot of just snatching that back from people. And I think Jonathan has done a great job in a positive way. Of not only snatching it back, he's not like he's not shoving anybody's face in anything. He is just stepping right into the fray of it, wearing yep. his thigh high boots with his shorts, being his wonderful self, and saying, "I'm sorry, you're going to have to just understand that this has existed since time memoriam, yep. and we're here. And by the way, let me show you how to shave and get rid of like your puffiness on your face." When we talked about this on the first time around with Queer Eye. You know, it's it's touched so many people because they have boldly stepped out into that straight, alleged straight world and said, we're here, we're queer, you have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Or at least let's have a conversation. So yeah. in some ways, I feel like we're, we're, we are making strides. And then some days I'm just like, what the fuck, man? It's two steps forward, one step back, basically. It is. I mean, I, is. I will say, in terms of like internalized homophobia... When I first came out and started being comfortable with myself, I kind of had that same problem is that I didn't want to be perceived as uber feminine or whatever, but on how I acted or what I wore. And queer, I was a huge part of just being like, if anyone has a problem, that's their fault. But mm-hmm. that you shouldn't, you know, prohibit yourself from being who you actually are. And that that's the message that really touched me. But as far as like stereotypes within media... Mm. it's it is it is a tricky subject i mean again 
you can have the most stereotypical gay character as long as they have a personality of their own, their own agency. I feel like there's not really a problem with it. It's all it all depends on how it's handled. Sure. It depends on how it's handled. And I feel like this is a good segue um, for the dilemma we've been having lately with straight actors getting cast for queer roles. Do you mm. want to give your take on that? You know, uh, I feel like we're in a time... And maybe, you know, and I'm going to try to give some of these. No, I'm not, not going to give you the old fools any benefit of the doubt anymore. There are plenty of queer actors out there. You know who they are. You see them all the time. If you don't know, ask your casting director. Casting directors and assistants know everything. Just ask the nearest assistant, nearest casting director, who's queer, here's a role, blah, blah, blah. Swing a dead cat, post it on the boards, wherever you're, you know, you're, the, you're posting up, right? I feel like we should do a first come, first serve within that group. And then if you, no one's fitting the bill, you open it up. And people are like, well, what does that sound like? I know exactly what it sounds like. I don't give a shit. Um, I feel like at this point, with the example of Scarlett Johansson, that we need to, we need to start getting our shit together on this. Yes, actors can play anything. You don't have to be a werewolf to play a werewolf. All this kind of stuff that you're going to, you know, that the argument is. But I feel like, like I watched Transparent and I, I watched the pilot and my eye was rolling so hard. I was giving myself a migraine. I'm like, I know there are trans actors out there yeah. who can do this. Why is Jeffrey Tambor's old crusty ass in this show? And Jill Soloway is such a feminist. Now, she said she would do it differently, Right. So why can't you do a tra- same thing with queer? Why can't you? And Ryan Murphy rolls along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ryan Murphy actually starts doing that. Ryan Murphy goes, you know, queer characters need to play. These queer actors can play these queer characters. Let's just do that. So we don't get this. This is what you used to hear in the 70s and 80s and 90s because I'm that fucking old. If you had a, a straight person playing a gay person, they were brave. And it was usually Oscar or Emmys material because he's playing this gay person. Everybody remember Tom Hanks in Philadelphia? I loved that movie. thought it was great. And he got called Brave. Would Tom take that role on today? I'd like to believe that he would like, consider that and like, look at somebody else. Mm-hmm. But why do you feel like, I mean, do you feel the same way I do? Or do you feel like it doesn't matter? Like, what's your take? Well, I'm, I'm going to preface it by, by bringing up this thing that's happened. Apparently, this is only this hasn't been confirmed by Disney, um, but uh, the whole Jack Whitehall being cast as Disney's first openly gay character. Um, I feel like Disney is always promising, you know, their first openly gay character, and then it never happens. Um, yeah. But this is this is like directly from and this this is what I sent you the other day. This is directly from the comment section, and I'm going to use this to sort of prove my point. So one person says, whether he's actually gay or not doesn't matter. He's playing a character in the movie. That means it's made up and anyone can play him. Please get over it. Another person says, so can only gay people play gay people? Does this mean only straight people can play straight people? Where are we drawing the line? And then another person, gay people can only play gay characters and straight people can only play straight characters. Oh, wait, never mind. So here's why that rationale doesn't work. In a perfect world, this would be a perfectly rational argument. The fact of the matter is, things are not equal. Think no. Gay people are continually underrepresented. So when you cast a straight actor for a queer role, you are punching us in the face. Especially when, like you said, there is no shortage of queer actors out there. 
Same I don't, way. I mean, same honestly, way, there's no shortage. They're running amok in the streets. All you got to do is just open the door, like the casting room, and like you'll probably snatch one just in the wind. Exactly. I'm there's no. There's no shortage of trans actors. There's no shortage of Asian right. actors. Yeah. It's the problem of continually like disbal- unbalancing the the scales. You're giving mm-hmm. more and more. You're. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if all things were equal. Yes, straight actors can play gay characters and vice versa. Sure. But things are not equal. That's no. the thing. You need to, and this again goes back to my whole idea of that we need to normalize queer stories. What better way to normalize it than actually using queer actors who have personal experience who can use that experience to inform their acting decisions? Whereas straight mm-hmm. actors, they can only know so much of that struggle. They can interview gay people all they want, but they're not going to have that same experience of oppression and invalidation. That's going to bring something extra to it. I believe I truly, I truly believe this. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, like I'm thinking about like the, the old Westerns. I grew up loving Westerns. My dad, anything my dad loved, I loved, you know, my, I wanted to be very macho when I was a kid. I was a tomboy and he watched wrestling. I'd watch wrestling. He watched Westerns. I watched Westerns, you know, and then it wasn't until later on that I realized that the people who were playing the Indians and the cowboy and Indians were like, you know, ta- Italians, <laughs> Yeah, you know, with dark makeup on, and and then started uh, started studying college, not not associated with this, but started cut, uh, studying Native American uh, studies in college. Found out, you know, we're Cherokee and Sioux, like seriously Sioux, and that's why my face looks like I'm Asian. Um, is is that that influence in the bloodline, and sort of like being into that culture and into their religious practices, and then ran across a couple of people who were in the arts who were like, yeah, and fuck old Hollywood. You know, we didn't even get to play our own fucking people. And then we were played by Italians and then we were bad guys. And then we were always like, it's like, although this was our fucking land and John Wayne came over here and stole a shit. And that's why we went after John Wayne's ass and tried to kick his ass. That's why we got Custer. Yeah. So it was like you needed to like you wouldn't even think about having a non-Native American First Nations play a character anymore. You know, and what about uh, what about in um... I'm about to step in it. No, uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, he's Filipino, and he's playing. Well, a lot. Of, I got to tell you, a lot of uh, and there's a lot of people in the Native community who are like this motherfucker again. No, no, no hate against Lou Diamond, but even Adam Beach, you know, like draw some draw some ire from. There's like plot, you know, and not. And I love me some West Studi. He doesn't have to always be the Native American, but I love him. I love him. I'm just saying, there's like so many fucking Native Americans. That would love that opportunity, and a lot of them just walked away from the business because, you know, same thing with queer. I mean, I do equate it almost to the same thing. Maybe it's not a good example, but I'm saying if we just saw that this is, you know, and if the, and it's up to the actor. If the actor's like, I don't want to always play queer roles because I'm queer, and an actor could probably weigh in on this conversation and say, I don't see it that way. I'm going to play whatever. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. That's, but th- yeah. there is. But let's, what we're trying to say is, we want to give you that playing field as people who want to go consume your art. That it would be nice to know that that these people got a shot at it. It's it's you know? the fact that they're exactly they're not given the opportunity. It's kind of like how we were talking about female composers, mm-hmm. uh, film composers of the field. They always get to their intern level and the assistant level, but they don't go past that because they're not That's given right. the opportunity to prove themselves. I feel like it's the same thing with queer actors. They they get to the acting school, they get their degree, they get their audition, but they don't go past that. And that's right. the thing. And if they are cast, typically it's because they want it's they end up playing some bad stereotypes. Here's but here's the other thing. 
they'll take it. That it's sure there are apart from the fact that <clears throat> straight actors, I feel like should just stop accepting these roles and. And they're the ones that have the power, honestly. Like yes. us as queer people, can only do so much. It's well it's the on straight- a certain level, though. On if you're like if you're just starting out and you got to pay your fucking rent and you've been doing this forever, oh you're gonna yeah, take that role. I mean, like people like Scarlett Johansson yes. that can oh, like sit yeah. on her ass Scar-Jo, for the rest of her yeah. life. Well, I'm just kind of dismayed that she did Ghost in the Shell and then she like let Rub and Tug go for a certain while and then had to get shouted in the face and she's like, oh, I'm gonna finally listen. I mean, I finally got my grandma to stop saying the N-word in front of me like about a month before she died. I guess it is progress, but I'm just and again, why I don't, has it taken that long? I don't hate Scarlett Johansson. No, um, I actually, like I told you, I fell in love with her in Black Widow. I had just totally ignored her up until then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like, Black Widow. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that she did listen to people's criticisms she did. Of, of her she did. being cast um, in the Rub and Tug movie and she stepped down. I feel like more of that needs to happen. Um, Here, can I just say, though, what I think the, 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 the systemic problem is? Sure. And I think we all kind of know this, is that Hollywood is run by mostly predominantly uh, white dudes. Mm-hmm. And even the power gays there are problematic. Even the power queers are problematic. You know, they are going to toe the company line. It's not called show fun or show representation. It's yeah. called show business, right? Yeah. And so they want to sure Thing. This is why they make some of the dumbest decisions ever, and that's why indie film and indie television, and I mean, there's a little bit of indie television, but that's why they, the young bucks come along and they stir things up, and people like Sam Ismail take their shit to USA Network where they're not going to get fucked with, and or you go over to AMC and blah, blah, blah. But, but the, even the power uh, queers get in the way of, of telling our stories because they want a short thing, or it's coming from um, uh, almost like a het filter. Yeah, you know they they pushed the story through, and the heads got over there, and like, okay, well, he can be like your Alex Strangelove uh, example. <laughs> I went to watch this like trailer, and then after you and I talked about it and texted about it, I was like, oh my god, oh how offensive! What mm-hmm. the actual fuck? So then I understood why you were like, listen, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Right. That's that's a good segue because that's what I want to talk about next. Um, right, but uh, before put a pin in Alex Strangelove because I know you got to like I know you want to preach, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna let you put your vestments on, <laughs> get your hair ready because I'm just gonna say this is not devil's advocate. I think this is where we're always gonna be until people die uh, or retire. Is that these old white dudes are making these decisions, and a lot of very conservative people up in Santa Clarita and that area are are quality controlling the films that come out. The MPAA is still doing that shit, right? And the networks still have control over these things. That's why you may not like this show, South Park, but what Parker and Stone have been doing for a couple of decades has kind of been, for me, God's work. People like that, Seth MacFarlane, those kinds of shows, because they're pushing those boundaries constantly uh, where they make fun of everybody, blah, blah, blah. But they're like... They've just they've been making those motherfuckers work and pushing at them and pushing at them and pushing at them. And so the one thing I know about the the right very well, they'll write one letter. And these motherfuckers still write letters, by the way. They'll write a letter, they'll send an email, um, they'll make a phone call if they see something they don't like, and that character will die or that show will change. And it has a huge influence. We talk about Trump's base. I still feel like, yeah, there's a large chunk of the country that's Trump's base, 
And they're very effective in making you believe that they're bigger than they are. Same thing with the right and with how they react to art and culture. So they'll call. What I don't see happening on the left or our side or the middle or the people who don't give a shit about any of the politics is they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They fold their arms, they get on Tumblr, and they just shit a bunch of like, oh, la, 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 la. Hey, dude, I'm glad you got it out. But you need to write the letter. You need to write the email. Tweet at the show. You know, and be like, what the fuck, yo? Netflix, Alex Strangelove? Really? That's a coming out story? What the fuck was that out? You know, like, and people do that. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying the right has got this on lock, y'all. Mm-hmm. And they change what you watch by just one old bitter bitty will call a network and will change something. Here's how I know. When I worked at CNN and we would like, we'd put up something that was offensive to somebody, they would call the hotline. We had a hotline back then. Didn't have no email to do. But you had a hotline and somebody would call and we, it would end up, that one call would end up in our morning meeting. And we would talk about it as news staff covering the day. We were covering bombs and falling on children and war and, you know, F-18s being grounded and all the stories of the day. And we would talk about that one call. It's still very important. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I'm not saying, I'm not shitting on you and being on Tumblr. I'm not shitting on you and like feeling like powerless. And you and I can talk about this more after you, we talk about Alex Strangelove. But I feel like, and maybe it's just the old-ass activist in me, you can just tweet at that show. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to, like, argue with people in the streets and pull out knives and shit. But if we don't start pushing back and demanding representation, we can't just leave it on the actor's shoulders and wait for them to get popular. We have to go, this is what I want to see. Where am I on screen? Huh? You know? And you got to find a way to push back at that. Seriously. And I know it's scary, but we got to do it. We can't just because the right are very effective at getting their shit out there. Mm-hmm. They got Nicolas Cage making all kinds of like rapture movies and shit. Of course, he needs some money. I don't think he's doing that because he actually believes in that shit. I think he just need that money because he don't spend his money right. But I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they have. I'm not bothered by the fact that they have these religious right movies that pop up on my like iTunes and in my you know rent this movie this week. You know, blah blah blah. I, I totally get that y'all have an agenda. It doesn't. It doesn't rattle me. I've been great. There's room for everybody. Y'all do your thing. I'm sure some of those movies are great. I'm not going to watch them. It's not a cup of tea. But let us be represented in a way that represents the actual existence of queer people on the earth. And there's tons of us. And you know that because you get crushes on us all the time. And then you tell us not to tell nobody. I've been hearing that my entire fucking life. I like you don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And not always a preacher's daughter, some shit like that. So, and go. I'm gonna stop talking and <laughs> sing and. Sing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, let me just say, yeah, Alex Strangelove. If you haven't watched it, I mean, like, I wouldn't recommend it. But spoilers ahead, I guess. Um, so, Alex Strangelove. So, this trailer comes on Netflix during the summer. The top movie, Alex Strangelove. And I'm watching the trailer and I'm getting really excited because the premise of the trailer is that straight boy dating a straight girl, straight boy notices a gay boy, ooh, he might not be so straight. And it looks like he it's a movie about a boy coming to terms with his bisexuality. This makes me really excited because it's apparently so hard to even say the word bisexual. 
sure. in films and movies. It's always, it's complicated, you know, it's always something right. like that. Um, right. So it pops up on my queue. I go to watch it. And by the end of it, I'm like, f- like foaming at the mouth. What actually happens is that straight boy dates straight girl. Straight boy notices gay boy. Gay boy has no defining personality other than the fact that he's gay. Mm. And straight boy finds the term bisexual. He says it aloud. So I'm like, oh, this is good. Says it aloud. He tells his friends that he thinks he might be bisexual. It feels like a term that is good for him. And then his friends are like, nah, bisexual? Nah, you just have a man crush. You just okay. you just have a man crush. Mm-hmm. And then this friend, quote friend, his name is Dell, probably the worst character in this movie. To prove that he's not gay or bisexual, he whips out his dick in the middle of this schoolyard. And he's telling him to look at it. And because he doesn't, because the straight boy doesn't want to look at an unsolicited dick in his face, he's like, yeah, see, you're not gay. You know, Sounds like uh, where I went to school. And I'm just like, yeah. this is so that's, getting that's a your, lot. And then by the end of it, test. by the end of it, we have to sit through this excruciatingly long sex scene between the straight boy and the straight girl. This has been like a plot throughout the movie. Like they're planning to like have sex. They got the hotel room and everything. And he's not good at it. And it's not turning him on, whatever. And then by the end of it, he's just full out gay. And they just ride off into the sunset. There are a couple of reasons why I find this so, like, mind-blowing. One of the reasons is that not a lot of people have found problems with this film. And, I mean, like, I guess to each their own, but also, like, it's pretty... I don't know. I went to, like, look on Tumblr. I, like, looked up the tag. And even Tumblr was, like, comparing it to, like, Love, Simon and Call Me By Your Name and thinking that it's great representation, you know? And I'm like, there's so many problematic things about this film. And you know how Tumblr is. Everyone gets offended by the fucking wind blowing, you know? Yeah, after yeah. But with this film, there's nothing. And Mm. I've come to, like, the half conclusion that I feel like us as queer people, it's like we almost... I mean, like, this isn't me. I will, like, strike down any bad queer representation I see. But for some queer people, they will take any any and all representation because it's it's so rare and it happens not that often. Whereas right. straight white people, they have the luxury of not liking any representation they see because they know there's so much more of it out there. Whether sure. they're not, uh, whether they realize that or not, is a completely different story. But like the thing with this friend, this Dell person, he says some of the most homophobic and transphobic things. Like, he asked some random person on the schoolyard, and we're meant to assume, like, they're trans or they're non-binary or something like that. And he, Del asks them, do you have a penis or a vagina? Do you like girls or boys? And then the student replies, I don't see, I'm not attracted to gender, I'm just attracted to people. And then Del goes, well, what the hell does that mean? And it's meant to be, like, a punchline. It's meant to be a joke. And And here's the other thing. Del goes out through this movie... And by the end of it, he's also riding off into the sunset, completely fine. And the justification the writers have given is that, oh, you know, he's a high school boy. They say things like that. You know, they're really problematic. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess they will have a narrow worldview. But you also have to hold those kind of characters accountable for what they say. Or else you are giving the impression that you're using that character as a mouthpiece. It's like I was telling you, you're not going to write a book that has a, a very extremely, obscenely racist character and have them live happily ever after. 
or else you're condoning that shit. You got to say this isn't cool and you have to hold them accountable. Well, I would be gone with a win. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is like the Another best time. <laughs> this is the best example of, for me, bad queer representation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of slams on everybody. It not only is yeah. just like by erasure, but it's also, you know, dismissing fluidity. It's also saying, you know, the girl gets used for you to find out that you're um, gay. Hey, welcome to high school for me. Yeah. It's also uh, ace erasure as well, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. He, he could have yeah. said like that he's biromantic or something like that because he you honestly know, but- had feelings for the girl. But the yeah, fact that just, he doesn't didn't like the sex, that means he must not be attracted to women. Like that is just, ne- yeah. Netflix, you know, will do. Netflix is kind of a mixed bag for me because this is a Netflix show, right? Yes. Netflix is interesting because they're like, oh, we want to get in the new, the new the younger demographic, and they seem to just like they're shoving it all in there, you know. So you'll have Sense Eight, and then you'll have like Master of None with the Lena Waithe character. That Thanksgiving episode is like what got her an Emmy, which launched her and the whole thing. Then you got Orange Is the New Black, which has characters on it that. Sometimes I'm a little bit like, mm, got a problem with it, but you know, it's there. And you know, we're, mm-hmm. some of it's like being normalized as we go, blah, blah, blah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, um, Titus is just amazing. He's just there being his wonderful self, blah, blah, blah. All the show makes my eye roll. It's hard to watch, but I do, I do love that character. I just can't really watch the show. It's a hard thing. Um, and then you have like the European version, the, the original English version of Shameless, which has queer characters. There's so many examples on on there of what they're doing. And then like, it seems like this new content is just being, I don't know, like 13 reasons why, and then insatiable. And now this, it's like, and you told me like, there's a, there's a gay producer on this. Is it a gay showrunner and gay? Uh, the, the director and writer is gay. Um, I think his name is like Craig Johnson or something like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so what's going on there, you know? And again, and how old is this person? And uh, was this your experience back in the 80s? I don't know. It's like if you're trying to draw a demographic of the now and you're writing this teen content of the now, I feel like you want to get somebody from now who's not ancient ass to maybe have a new spin on this, you know, in this room. And maybe there were, maybe they got shut down. Maybe this was a bi- autobiography. <laughs> I don't know. Um but I feel like the the war at home, a horrible show, uh, handled you know Kenny's coming out better than some of the stuff I see now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just see sometimes where it's just like, and I think if it's coming down to the person. But we're in an era where you have to be. We're just asking you to just to be a little bit more present when you're making this stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't you know, always this, have to be a coming out story. It doesn't always have doesn't, to be the character dying no. from AIDS. It doesn't have to be. That's no. not the only queer stories that are out there. Yes, please. You know, I mean, there's only so much I can cry over that stuff. I'm like, I get it. It was a terrible time. It was awful. <laughs> Fuck. You know, uh, it's just like we talk about uh, people of color and black people specifically. It's like it's either Selma you know, Martin Luther King era, or it's you're on the middle passage. You know, it's like, and those stories need to be never forgotten and always told yes. in this, in these beautiful way. And Ava DuVernay and those guys have come along and, and retold these stories and, and put uh, the modern injection into it, which I think is hugely important. But also black actors are like, do I always have to play the slave that's breaking free? Do I always have to be there walking over the bridge? You know, like they want more too. And we see this with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, the beginning of, you know, this amazing journey for these characters and 
there's so much that I think we're on the verge of it busting wide open, but I feel like we're going to have to, I, I guess I'm just encouraging people not to wait. Yeah. You know, so, and somebody needs to add that showrunner and that show about, yeah, really, really though, come on now, you know, yeah. and trust me, they'll, they'll respond to you. They, you can DM them and you can just say, hey, I feel like you didn't represent us very well, man. That just, that was kind of bogus. Yeah. And I swear to God, they'll, they'll call you. Uh, they will, they are so worried about like offending anybody. If they ignore you, fine. But I, I have a feeling that if you put your words right and you just didn't come at them and cuss at them, because nobody's going to hear you if you cuss at them. But if you're just like, I don't feel like you repped the community well. Um, those people are so about trying to be PC, you'll get a response. Because I think if you're sitting around waiting for a bunch of old fucking baby boomers who run shit to die, I mean, they all stop smoking, they're eating kale and shit. I mean, they're not going to go anytime real soon. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there needs to be a pushback on that. Yeah, There's a lot of voices out there. I mean, there's a lot of outcry over, there's a whole bunch of people who go into this kill your gays thing, like on Walking Dead when they killed Denise. You know, there's a whole, whole campaign of people who like came for Gimple and were like, seriously? So we have a gay character and then you kill a girlfriend. They also killed Great. Aaron's boyfriend. Killed Aaron's boyfriend. And Jesus just is not allowed to be gay. Yeah, He's not ever going to be allowed to like, you know, roll all over Daryl or whomever he's into, you know, and I'm like, don't come, don't, don't let him, don't, don't show your hand, Jesus, or you'll be dead. They will fucking kill you. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a whole thing that's going on there. Then there's characters like, I mean, I love White Rose and Mr. Robot because they use her transness to show her two worlds. I like how she's represented. She's our main baddie, but she doesn't see herself that way. And she's having to be Zhang by day and be the foreign minister and has wields that power. And then she truly is, you know, this woman yeah. in her private world, you know. And I, I feel like those are refreshing. And you'll just see those just come from out of nowhere and be a big part of the storyline. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. And then there's the Aunt Louise of the world who just show up in Snowfall. And it's like she's just there just being herself. Now, I haven't finished season two so i don't know if they're gonna take that in a weird place i feel like there's there's danger ahead for aunt louis i feel I like i feel like more and more like queer rep is is really becoming more for queer people and also it's it's being used as exposition for straight people who just don't get it because it's a primer there, they're trying there. they're trying to open they're trying to make it accessible because a lot of straight people don't have people in their lives that they know are or uh, yeah at least they know that are gay they could be there they right. just don't know it and yeah. if and it's the same thing if they don't understand that there's a struggle if there's an act of oppression and there's people being sent to gay conversion camps if they don't mm. know about that stuff they're not going to get or understand why we need diversity and i know I, I know i keep bringing up this whole like people are getting murdered blah blah, blah. i know it's a little extreme i'm just trying to put i don't it, think so i'm trying to put it in the correct perspective and writers, you can can use queer characters to sort of showcase those struggles. But I feel like we also need to have stories that are just, like you're saying, they're just there. Like very much yeah. like Sensei, like Lido. He's yeah. a secretly gay character in Mexico. And he he can't let that part of him get out or else his career is ruined, blah, blah, blah. And it's very much like this is how it is today. 
It's right. still very much like this. It doesn't feel to me like a sob story or anything because uh, apart from that, Lita was still a very much like he has a lot of personality. We see a sure. lot of his home life and how he... It's a very, like, small part of his character. Even with, like, Nomi, I feel like in the beginning of Sensei, it was very much like, like, her... um Yeah, her mother was, like, dead naming her and calling her Michael, and it was terrible. But I feel like after we got... After that... I know you guys haven't watched season two, but after we Oh, moved, I've seen it all. Ian hasn't, like, seen the whole second oh, season. Oh, okay. So. Well... I'm not going to spoil it, but after, even if we move past that, Nomi is her own character, does her own things, barely ever comes up, but we know that she's trans. That's the important thing. Sure. sure. So, again, it's a weird, it's a weird topic to talk about, and it also gives rise to, like, it increases the risk anytime you put a queer character in your story. It increases the risk of you either intentionally or accidentally queer baiting or using the fact that they're queer as a marketing tactic. Right. Because a lot of shows and movies have done that. Movies including... But I think it's okay, though. I mean, and that's not okay. But I think we should give some people slack. Because, you know, like, okay, well, I would say stuff like Alex Strangelove. I haven't watched it. And normally I don't burn the book until I read it. So, you know, I can only just say from just the cursory kind of going through it, I was like a little appalled. But I'm probably not going to spend the time. I just, I, I feel like... I'm willing to kind of forgive people floundering around a little bit. At least you're fucking trying but in the case of like that particular show, I feel like you totally missed the point. Just took us in a completely off direction. I don't know. Not for nothing. There's a lot of bigots out there. There's a lot of homophobic people out there who just don't believe at all that you're born this way and fuck you. And they'd rather you die. I'd rather take you out of this world. You know, these are people saying this to their kids. I'd rather take you out of this. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. Trans women are killed on the regular. Yeah. Um, just being gay in a small town. I mean, I witnessed it. I saw it. You hid people out. You know, so and then I still feel I still I see people around L.A. You know, I'll be kind of shocked to go like people we know. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to say that. You know, you're not going to be out. And then you have like the John Travolta's of the world and the Kevin Spacey's of the world. You know, it's like there's just so many problematic kind of representation in that the old guard versus the new guard. But I, I'm going to be hopeful here and say that. I think it's going to change because what's happening with the millennials and the generations coming after that. Do the Generation Z, I don't really think we need to label them because um, you're not a millennial. You're whatever's coming after that, right? So I feel like between the millennials and the generation coming up behind that, they're just not, they're not, they're not putting up with it. They're just like, I, I'm sorry, this is just a fact of life and you're going to have to just... This is what we consume. This is what, this is our time. You're all over there. We're the earners. We're the future. You're going to have to come on board. And we're just trying to give you a heads up right now so you can ease into this. Or it can be a seismic shift and shit gets fucked up for you. Yeah. I mean, like... Because this is where we're headed. Coming out in and of itself is another reason why we need diversity. I feel like if I saw, like, in high school, I feel like if I saw, like, an openly bisexual male character in one of my TV shows or films, probably would have figured that part out of myself a whole lot sooner and could have saved myself some grief. Um, Sure. But going back to the whole using queer characters as a marketing tactic... I feel like the most egregious example of this is Beauty and the Beast, the live-action version Did you see it? I did not. Okay. Well, I don't know if you remember, but Disney was very much open with the fact that LeFou, 
was going to be, again, they used the words openly gay. And <clears throat> so we get into Who's the movie. Who's I'm sorry. LeFou is like Gaston's um, right-hand man, I guess. Like his sidekick. Okay. okay. Um, he was played by, oh no, what was his name? Oh, he's playing, it's the guy that voiced the snowman from Frozen. Okay. Um, Josh Gad, that's his name. Oh, cool. Um, and so, yeah, I'm getting into the movie. I'm excited seeing how this is going to go down. And there's maybe, there's two instances of, of an implication that he might be gay. One is that Gaston asks LeFou, you know, why haven't you, you know, found a girl yet or anything? And instead of saying something like, oh, girls aren't for me or something similar, he sticks, he says, uh, I don't know. They find me too clingy. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And then, so the rest of the movie goes on. Nothing close to that happens. And then by the end of the film, you know, happily ever after, they're all dancing around in this huge ballroom. And as they're dancing, they're like switching up partners, like in this really like choreographed way. And LeFou accidentally finds himself partnered up with another guy. And he's like surprised. And then again, cuts away. That's it. So it's not even the fact that LeFou had any agency in dancing with this guy. It's not like he came up to this guy and was like, would you like to dance with me? He accidentally yeah. found himself partnered up with this guy. Mm. So he found, and I'm telling you, this is, I, I haven't watched like even the old Beauty and the Beast. It's, it wasn't, it didn't like show up in my VCR box when I was a kid. Um, it just wasn't a movie I watched. And I came into it being really excited about seeing if Emma Watson could actually sing and what they were going to do with LeFou. And they didn't, do anything that's why i'm like anytime disney says openly gay i'm like what is your definition of openly i don't believe i'll ever see it i i just it's it's almost like you know you join the disney family you know you you get behind doors or the warner brothers family and then they tell you the secret you know codes they give you all the secret information and you come out you got like these kind of swirling saucers for eyes going must company company line. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because there's so much at stake here. Yeah. I mean, like... You know, that's why... Like, when they brought out Torchwood... Remember when we watched Torchwood? We loved Torchwood. Season one, not season two. That was an abortion. <laughs> uh, torsion, uh, torsion. Torchwood with um, Captain Jack Harkness. Um, he was openly bisexual. He, we saw him in uh, David Tennant's Doctor Who. There's just, he just comes, he's like making out with all the boys. He's flirting with the doctor. The doctor's like, you're incorrigible, you know, cad. Um, and kind of intimates that maybe him and the doctor had a fling and he kind of like maybe broke the doctor's heart in a way or like he's just such a flirt. And the doctor, like, there was a thing between them and I loved it because the talk about fluid, the doctor can be anyone. He changes his persona. Normally he morphs into a white guy every single time. He's never been black, but now he's a woman, so there's hope. But like he has this kind of flirty, flirty relationship with um, Captain Jack Hartness. And I was like, this is BBC money. This is like a big franchise. And it blew up. And then they brought it to America, and then we shot all over it. And I noticed he wasn't quite near as queer at all as he was before. In fact, it felt like he wasn't at all. He was just this boring kind of watered-down version. It's been a while since I've seen it. So that's what we do to this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you you can sit here all day long and, like, want and ask, but I feel like like there's that Black Panther moment. There's going to be that, that, that queer moment, that queer series or show, you know, that's 
that's just going to powerhouse it through. I mean, I'm excited about Ryan Murphy. I do tend, I do see the old gay man influence on his stuff. I feel like sometimes girls fall into like, she's the, the fag hag. She's the damsel. She's the furniture. She's the over the top drama queen. I feel, I feel like yeah. sometimes his women are problematic because that's an old school I'm not talking about every old gay man. I'm talking about there's kind of a there's a there's a thing to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but not for nothing, he's given a lot of voice and power, and he's changing the landscape. I just feel like we need fresher voices and fresher guns in this fight, right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like shows like Pose and even like Queer Eye are are changing the field. Like I there so there too. have been stories like you know Bobby has gotten DMs from pe- uh, priests. Um, saying that they watched like the Bobby Camp episode and how he was talking about how Bobby like prayed to God every day that he wouldn't be gay, and then like priests are saying to him like I will never preach like homophobia homophobic rhetoric like that ever again. That stuff right. that stuff is influential. It's the same. That's it's amazing. The same thing that Black Panther is doing, know you know. That's and again, but like, is it all? It's all. Should it all be for the money though? That's the thing. I feel like. Oh, no, of course it isn't. I mean, I'm going to tell you all day long it shouldn't be for the money, but I'm just saying that's how it. That's how the machine works. It's. It, I mean, yeah. So you have to, like George Carlin will tell you, this is, I'm going to quote him. George Carlin said, you can go out and you can carry a sign and you can march in the streets and you can say, down with the war, down with the war, down with the war. If you go out there and you stop buying the products that support the war, the war will stop. Mm. Now, that's a very over-idealized thing that he would say in his stand-up, but... One of the things I did as a young activist is, like, we would just go out and boycott a company like, you know, uh, United Benetton. You know, they were using child labor, and they changed their tactics because we did a statewide, I mean, a United States-wide um, protest. And everybody used to wear a Benetton, man. That was a thing that you wore in, like, fucking college. We just didn't we, – we did a month sick out uh, major campuses around the country, and they changed their policies. You know, so you can make a difference in these kinds of things. You really fucking can. And it's like, well, I don't want to hold a sign. Just don't purchase it. Just call the company up or at them and just go, hey, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to participate in this. I'm not watching your show because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just letting you know. And I'm going to tell like a few of my friends, maybe that doesn't matter to you, but we're going to kind of like start this ball rolling because it feels like you're not. And this is after they don't contact you back. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, you don't have to do this at all. But, like, people did an, a large outcry. Like, was the 100? The 100, they killed, like, the queer character. And people just came for the CW, like, with knives in their hands going, what the fuck? You have to kill the gay character? And the network just went, oh, shit, my bad. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You know, like, and then, yeah, Queer Eye. These new stories coming along. These new people coming along who were reaching across and yes, and it makes my eye roll that we have to explain what queerness is, you know. And there's some people who will never hear, they will never understand. But we do part of our, our the burden, part of the responsibility, is to explain who we are. Yeah, that's why I liked Pose. I like that Pose was explaining what trans is, you know, specifically through Angel's character and through Blanca's character, yeah, explaining to you why. And showing you who they are and showing you how caring. I remember a story that impacted me when I was a kid was on All in the Family when Edith's friend was, I guess they just sort of played him off as gay 
I think he might have done drag, but he got murdered in the streets in New York because it wasn't cool to be that effeminate on the streets of New York. And normally Edith would just sit down and shut up and Archie would say some sort of homophobic shit. And he, he makes a crack about something gay, you know, whatever, queer. And this is when queer used to be the N-word of our community. Yeah. And she loses her shit on him, this mousy housewife. The writers, you know, again, had to write a bunch of subversive shit on that show. Like, Edith just goes crazy on him. I'll just send you the clip where she's just like, he was my friend. He was a person. He was my friend. How dare you? You know, and a lot of people talked about that episode, I mean, for years. How, like, oh, we got on, we used to say it, we got one of ours on All in the Family. Remember when we were all on All in the Family? Remember when we were, and we'd like, if we would pop up on something, you'd be like, oh, we were on, you know, that show, whatever. We got represented that week, and it was crumbs, normally tragic, um, but it was there. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we already did this. We already did this tragic vilification, getting it wrong, ham-handed bullshit of the past. You know, like the woman catches her husband in bed with another man, and it's like, that's the scandal. It's like, no, y'all need to have a whole episode on, like, where this relationship went off the rails before all that stuff went down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like we're in a new world order where fresh voices, man, I just, or, hey, seasoned voices that know better. You know, those two things could come together. Yeah. Just somebody who's just awake. I'm not going to use the word woke because it makes me want to vomit. But someone who's just actively in a place of evolution running these shows. Yeah. What's my take on it? I mean, this it's an unfortunate reality. You know, it's, it's movie production companies worried about the backlash from straight people if they try to put care. And the loss, of, the loss of money as well. Like Absolutely. again, I feel, this comes down to money, yo. We we talk. I don't remember what, what episode we talked about, but we you know queer rep is so hard for big companies that rely heavily on overseas um, box office money. Oh yeah, that they oh, can't yeah. they can't show an openly gay character, or else that country mm-hmm. is not going to show their film. They're not going to get money from it. No. Um, and you know, like, I, I love like, Terrace House. On Terrace House, I feel like this show that I love. I always talk about Terrace House, Walking Dead, Terrace House, uh, Terrace House. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to see uh, gay or queer. They're never going to have that person on that show. They're not going to have a queer bachelorette and bachelor. They're not going to have that. No, it's specifically designed so it you can never have it because right. in Terrace House, any of the bachelors you're supposed to. Right, but I'm saying they don't have like three queer guys and three queer girls. They don't have three by and by. What do you? I watched that terrace house. You you know what what was really fueling that decision is that if they do decide to go with like a queer bachelor, people who are using like TV shows like that. We talked about this before. People want to watch TV shows sometimes to escape the reality of our like political climate or whatever. They see that happening, and they automatically cry. That politics isn't everything and blah, 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 blah. I think the very fact that we're dehumanizing queer representation as a political agenda is mm. problematic in and of itself. It's really yes. not a political issue. It's an ethical issue. And <clears throat> it starts with the straight people that are getting offended by it. Again, like well, us uh, queer people can only do so much. If you had if you had a like a, a queer bachelor or something like that, the ratings would go off the charts i think so yeah if we're talking about money it, it's a i mean it's a real it's a 50 it. chance it's either oh, gonna go really really high or really really low 
Honestly. Well, here's the thing. You know, I, again, I've got my bad examples. Let me let me just whoop out another one. Uh, let me whip up my dick in the schoolyard. Uh, is that uh, who killed the the electric car? I'm sure I'm getting that term, that name of that. Anyway, we're talking about the electric car. It was like very popular, and then it went away because Big Auto killed it. You know, blah blah blah. And then they were talking to this uh, guy who ran Mazda or one of those companies one of the big ones and he said you know we brought back the the hybrid car for a very good reason and that is that people wanted uh, wanted it and wanted to buy it and they wanted to pay for it and we wanted to make money so i feel like the almighty dollar here could also be a boon you know who's going to be brave enough to get it on any get it on i don't know crunchy roll <laughs> you know get it on voodoo and maybe these shows do exist, and please forgive my ignorance if they're out there and let us know about these shows so we can talk about them. But, you know, try out a Queer Bachelor. And I'm sure, I feel like in my mind's eye, there's like, there was a show that did this um, of a certain ilk. I feel like there was a cable show that did exactly this. But, like, you know, just sort of like we're seeing it constantly, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would like to see that without it devolving into, like, catfighting and all the stereotypes and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, that would be... But they don't seem to last long, these shows. Like, Looking. I loved Looking. And I was totally into it. And then it just went away. And they had to come back like Sense8 and do the movie to wrap up all the storylines. Yep. And I was like, because were the ratings terrible? Do people just not want to see this? I guess, I guess there's something that you said, though, that I'm kind of... I, th- I think it is political. It is political because... It has to be political. Yeah. Yes, it's ethical. Politics and money. It's, a, it's You can't hand. be alive and not engage in it. You can't walk through this world and not have politics and not touch your life. Politics, you open the door and you're, you're in politics. If you're queer and you're out there and you want to go buy a house, you want to go run for office, you want to marry your loved one, you want to get a goddamn cake, it's politics. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I used to be the person that just didn't want to, like, I took, a, I took a set of years off of it, and people are sick to death of it, and they don't want it in their stuff, but we're in the fight of our lives yeah. right now, and we got to fight even harder for our community, and if we just sit back and we don't get in the political stream, then that's a way to lose on all fronts, as far as I'm concerned. I feel like, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of political, but Mm. for me, the dehumanizing factor is that once you make something a political issue, it gives people an excuse to disagree with it. Yeah, but you also, and, and and that is absolutely true, but now you're in the conversation and then you're undeniable. And it gives you a form to change it. That's right. Then it gives you fucking power. Yeah, That's fine. True. Backlash all you want. Come at me and say I'm sick of politics, blah, 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 or I don't agree with it. And you're like Leviticus and la, 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 all the bullshit y'all say. But, you know, um, I can talk about Harvey Milk, you know, didn't run from it, paid for it. But who is the longstanding openly gay congressman, Barney Frank, been sitting there right in the middle of that fucking Congress <laughs> all of these years going, hi, hey, bitch. You know, uh, Ed Koch. I don't know if Ed ever came out of the closet, but he ran New York for like several terms and it was the open secret, you know, and he wielded that power for the queer community as best he could. There's a lot of people who would yell about that and scream about that. Um, But we got to have those people 
we have to have the people to fight for that so we can have these ethical conversations peacefully. But we won't even get a place at the table if we don't get out there and get political. And I know that chaps people's hide. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not for everybody. You know, I, I like the I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I feel like the only hesitation I have with it, like, again, making something making something political is giving the opportunity for people to disagree with it. And when but when you're talking about people disagreeing with like um, like queer rights and representation, it like borders and sometimes go past the line into hate speech. So if we make sure. if, if we make this like a political argument and debate that hate speech is now being hidden as a political perspective. And to me, like, I mean, like, I feel like this day and age, like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but like, it's really hard now to be civil towards people on the, on the other side of the political aisle. You totally can. But when it starts bordering into speech that is harmful to people, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's outside of the political realm and it's now become a larger issue, a larger hate speech fueled issue. Well, I kind of will go here with that. I mean, I feel you. I totally do. And I honor and respect that. I do. And I love that we could have um, the old, I miss the discourse. I mean, hell, when Reagan was in the White House, I thought he was the fucking devil. And I'd sit around with my friends on the right and Republicans. We could just sit down and we could have a whiskey and we could have a real good old fashioned Hog stomp and debate. We didn't stomp any hogs. Just saying, no, our animals weren't in our <laughs> conversations. But we could sit around and have these really healthy debates, and then we fine. Hug, our, hug each other's necks and walk around. But you have an element out there that wants to come along and throw rocks and get crazy. Bitch, I will meet you in the fucking street and snatch yeah. your goddamn wig off your goddamn head. Because sometimes you need to meet that shit with the same kind of fucking fire. Yeah. And it works. My fucking grandfather went and killed some fucking Nazis. I'm not going to come and kill you, but I am not going to let you sit here and kill black people mm-hmm. and kill trans people and beat up gay kids and murder gay kids. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to let you do it. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to get to, in the political fray at all. I am going to fight, though. You ain't going to come for my community. You're not going to come for the fragile and the vulnerable and the underserved and the underrepresented I'll do that. I'll, I don't mind. I don't fucking mind. So, yes, I understand that people don't want to engage a lot. And I'm not even mad at them. I'm not. But they're already, they're already doing the hate speech. It's already out there. It already exists. Mm-hmm. And they use it to wield power and to murder people and to drag them to prison and drag them into conversion therapy and do all the things you're talking about. So I'm not going to shy away. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. I'll try to reason with you initially, and let's have a conversation. And I always try to try. I always start with love. I always start with love. And I've never hit anybody in a in a protest in my entire life. I've never thrown a rock. I, I've never, you know, when I have friends who are antifa, man, they've done some shit. Um, but I'm not gonna let you get away with it. And it does. There is part and parcel part of that. If you start turning heads. If we start standing up to this fascism that's just it's roiling all over the world, if you stand up just that one time on that one given day, it can make a huge fucking difference, man. But throwing up your hands and going, well, I don't, I'm not saying you're doing this. I, I know a lot of my friends are like, man, why does everything have to be political? Because living and breathing is political. It just is. It just is. Yeah. 
And I'm like, right now, I have a lot of left-wing friends that are just, they're exhausted, they're stressed out, they're hysterical. I'm like, calm down. I have a lot of centrist friends who are just, they're the most, I think my centrist friends are like the most, uh, uh, what's the word? They've given up more than anybody else. They're more jaded than anybody else. They're like, oh, it's all, nothing's going to change. And then there's the people on the right. Now, I do know I have a lot of conservative friends who are like, well, I think Trump is actually doing good. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's try to have a conversation about what that means. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times it comes down to, well, he's not Hillary. That's all it is. It's not, well, he's not Hillary. I'm like, well, Hillary's not running for anything. She's not around. I get yeah. it. Her emails. Yes. Benghazi. All right. Hang the bed. Well, let her, they'll find her eventually and put her in jail. Right. All right. Fine. Fine. But what, you know, and I try to have that conversation. But if they turn nasty on me and start saying anti-black things, anti-human things, and coming for queer and trans and saying evil shit, I will fucking pull your fucking veins out of your fucking neck. Yeah. And I mean that symbolically and within conversation. And I save my energy for those kinds of conversations. Yeah. I mean, and I don't believe, I don't want, I don't believe all MAGA people are the same. Like all queer people aren't the same. All black people aren't the same. All women, all men, we're not all the same. Yeah. I want to meet you on your feet and have a conversation about it. But I'm not, I know a lot of people don't want to hear politics right now, but y'all we're in a really fucking bad time. And some of us have to be soldiers on the front line or second line or third line. And I can't, I'm not mad at y'all who don't do it, but I got to. Right. I got to. I mean, listen, I I, I very much used to be like, why does everything have to be political? I just want to watch this movie without thinking about the current world climate, blah, 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 blah. And And then it dawned on me. The reason why I sort of feel like that is that I have the luxury of not not getting into politics, not worrying about politics. At least this was before I, I found out I wasn't straight. I had the luxury of not worrying about politics because the decisions being made now don't affect me. Being mm. then a straight white man, it right. would not affect me. I had that luxury of not being able to care about politics. And you know what? And this isn't me saying everyone has to be an activist. Everyone has to you know, run for no. Congress. You know. I'm not asking you to do that, but I am asking you to be aware that these things are happening. Sure. And, uh, I mean, and they like, do affect your television shows. Like, literally, if you guys don't think that politics are not deeply embedded oh, it's in everywhere. the film and TV industry, the film and TV industry calls the fucking shots, man. It's everywhere. It's only when you know, it's only when it becomes relevant to the issues we're facing today is when people start right. realizing it. That's right. But art has always been political. It's it's an always. unavoidable fact. It always Catholic has been. Catholic Church used to bankroll like Rembrandt and all these motherfuckers. You wouldn't have Rembrandt if you didn't have the fucking Catholic Church, yo. Yeah. Yeah, it's in everything we do. And again, I'm not saying you have to put on a pink pussy hat or put on your swastika and run into the streets and like clash. You know, I think we need a lot less of that. I'm just saying I just you can't you got to fight the fight in whatever way. And maybe look, you wait your 15th turn. Maybe you just do that one action. Yeah. You know, but you, I mean, again, like if you don't want to see this stuff on screen, that's a political action by calling up the show or deeming the show or like emailing them and just laying out your points. Email might be the best way to do it and go, I just feel like make it easy for them to read. Don't send them like a fucking dissertation. No one's going to read that. Not even the assistant assistant, but let them know. Yeah. These kind of little little things move the wheel. We have this concept like life is a movie and that we all have to Attica and like huge droves to make change. That is 
absolutely not true. You know, yes, we had the Women's March and there were millions in the street all over the world. I should have told a lot of people something. That was the beginning of the opposition right there, that a lot of people are not going to go into this good night. And I know y'all want to sit here and have your MAGA cake and eat it, too. And you're and you're pissed that everybody won't let you just have it. But we had eight years of you calling the president the N-word and saying all kinds of shit. And I have my problems with Obama as well. But it's like you don't get to just walk around and be whatever the fuck you want to be. Mm-hmm. And the queer community hasn't been able to just get any rest in general. And all they're asking for is some representation on screen. And sometimes you have to get political about that. Because yeah. making decisions to make a movie at all, to get it greenlit, to get the script purchased and to get the rights to it, that's a political action. And the powers that be that run these studios, that's political. And I'm t- you're talking about like this not anything to do with Democrats or what? Yes, it does. They'll go, how will this play in the grass leagues? That's why Disney won't let you have LeFou being like, hey, girl, hey. Because Disney knows it's going to promise and get us all like, well, finally, it's going to be our day. So we'll keep us buying tickets, participating. But they know that they can get away with not ever promising on that because they know that that base out there. He's not going to go to Disneyland. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. It's like even working on something for them in their own park, I have to act and look a certain way. Yeah, they wanted you to be white, but you know. Well, because they know that their base is are, are these people from, you know, a certain uh, point of view are going to be visiting their park, spending money. You know, I had to cover up my tattoos. I Your whole crew had to cover the tattoos. I couldn't wear certain things. Yeah. And I'm working f- for Disney. Yeah. So they know where their, their money comes from. Right. And they're not going to do anything to, to, to lose that. So you're never going to have an openly gay character, really, you know, as long as Disney's, Disney's running the show. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, and that is all political. That's, that's it. And I, and I know that people don't want to hear that. But this town is nothing but politics. George Clooney writes a check. Meryl Streep writes a check. Steve Bannon, you know, tried to be a screenwriter. You know, like... There's a lot of money in this world, and so us in this little tiny corner over here wanting to be seen, you got to clap back. And again, you don't, have to, like, you don't have to get a sign, get a flight, go to anybody's office and protest. You can just at the motherfucker and go, really, guys? What's up with that? You know, who's running the ship over there? Yeah. I mean, I guess to, <laughs> to, to wrap it all up in one nice neat bow... Did we offend you with no, our no, political no, totally. I hope I didn't make you feel. I don't want you to feel weird. No, 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 totally. You know, or I shouted I'm, down. I'm glad we're having yeah. this discussion. But yeah. I guess to conclude how I feel about it, um, it's the idea of what constitutes a political disagreement. So for mm. me, like a political disagreement is like, I think that the government should be spending our money this way. Well, I think it should be spending money here. Mm. A political disagreement for me is not, oh, I don't think gay people are valid human beings. I feel like now yeah. it's become yeah. a moral, ethical disagreement. Absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I mean, I guess it could inhabit both worlds. I mean, you do have the president being like, no trans people in the military. Now it's mm-hmm. become a political issue. You right. know what I mean? I guess my thing is like, in and of itself, it, I don't think it is. But this president doing these things, it has now become this thing. Um, and so, I mean, like how, 
where do we start? How do we make this better? I feel like now what we need to do is start in the schools, education. I did not go into social studies and come out knowing about like the AIDS crisis or ball culture. Yeah. That's why I was watching Post. I was like, ball culture is a thing. I had no idea this was a thing. I've never heard yeah. about this. I never knew that Reagan basically was just like, oh, that's not happening. Never learned about that. Never well, you learned... got to start with where your textbook is being edited, by the way, probably the same place in Texas. Well, there you go. Like, I, n- I never went into my health class and learned about sexual health for, for queer people. We never knew about that. We didn't know what PrEP was. We knew about HIV and AIDS, but it was never, again, that was that would have been the perfect avenue to be like, yeah, and then this was a thing in the 80s, and it was a big problem with this. It was always just like, here's what it is and how you get it, and then we just move on from there. Well, because so, talking about AIDS in the 80s would have been automatically a hugely political, divisive topic. Because yeah. gay, queer, we all had to go and shout in the streets so we would, you know, get the pharmaceutical companies to help us not die. Yeah. And that's why people don't want to talk about it because AIDS is auto- automatically by, it's polarizing. Yeah. But if those people hadn't taken to the streets, we wouldn't be here now. HPV, same thing. You didn't learn about that shit. You know, there's... Yeah. there's Starting in the schools and then, you know, look who is our, and again, I'm going to get political on you one more time. (laughs) Guess who our education secretary is? A fucking know-nothing, multi-billionaire idiot that even um, shit-ass calls uh, ditzy. He calls her ditzy. You know, ditzy DeVos. That's who's running the show. And teachers, though, these good soldiers are in the trenches fighting for their kids every day, fighting for them every single day. No one is a bigger soldier in this country right now than our teachers on the front line under this administration after all of these years, hoping things to get better. And now here we are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just such a those people shouts to y'all. You know, just doing what y'all can because they, they got a list longer than anything we can come up with about where education could start. And they have their vulnerable kids in their classes that they're afraid to go home. Yeah. You don't come out in that household. You're going to get your head bashed in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I, like I said earlier, if you don't know that things, these things are happening, then you're not going to understand the struggle. It's the same thing like when you're talking about like racism. A lot of people don't know that racism is systematic oppression. People don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't. They yeah. don't know. They know that that I don't want to be called that, and we know that it's a, a form of discrimination. But they don't know that it is systemic, and it's been ever present in the United States ever since we colonized this place from the Native Absolutely. Americans. Absolutely. And I mean, like, I read. I read this <clears throat> on. I think what was it? Not Variety. It was. It was some other major news article, but it was talking about how this sort of um refusal to accept the reality of how you know black people are oppressed and it was really interesting because they they sort of examined the hyper nationalistic tendencies of the right and how they're mm-hmm. super knowledgeable about the history of the country at least the history that was taught to them in the schools and talking about the civil war and slavery and the civil rights movement and the reason that they're not sort of realizing that that whole thing is sort of happening again is that they sort of refuse they they want to refuse the fact that it can't get any worse than slavery or the civil rights movement it can't get worse than that so it can't be happening now it's called the prison system it there you go 
And I thought that was really interesting. And when you put it in the queer perspective, it sort of also applies as well. I mean, like, again, people are thinking, oh, you, you can get married in any state now. Everything's fine now, right? Well, no, we had that Orlando shooting and people getting shot up in a club. Right. It's still happening today. By a closeted man, no less. And I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily your fault that you don't know these things. I mean, again, our education system is largely responsible for that. You know, everything I've learned today is from talking to people and seeing what other, other everyone well, is talking I, about I, and staying tuned look, to what's happening. Exactly. I graduated high school in 1982. I stopped going to college. I mean, I went as long as I could in like when 1987, 88. I still know shit. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we got a device. I got five devices in my house. If you have a cell phone, you probably can look shit up really quickly, five different sources. But that's kind of the, the battle we're in now, too, aren't we? Alternate facts and all that kind of bullshit that people are buying into. Yeah. But the there the I have to believe this. I have to believe that there are a lot of people who don't just put themselves in one box, who live across many different kind of lines and and live in many different lanes and shades and and feel that there is a right and wrong to this world. And it's not if you're oppressing people and hurting people, maybe check yourself on that. It's really it's really not hard for me when it comes to that. I'm glad we talked about this. Um, I don't know uh, if anybody out there feels the same way, but we kind of feel pretty passionately about this stuff privately, and we thought we'd just do a podcast on it. Uh, We will be back to talk about things that are fun, and I swear I'll try not to mention (laughs) Agent Orange uh, as as much if it annoys all of you guys. I don't know. It's going to happen. He's a fucking nightmare. Uh, Just, you know, I'm just not going to sit here and pretend like it's not happening. Just not doing it. So, yeah, uh, you guys let us know what you think. I mean, if you have your own points and, and thoughts about this, please let us know. You have all the different ways. How can they reach us? They, okay. You guys can email us at ashlandpockets at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ashland Podcast. And uh, you can listen to us at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and our website. Um, also, thank you guys so much for the response on our Penny Dreadful post on Instagram. It's like up to 250 likes. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you to Andre, the only person who participated in my poll on Penny Dreadful <laughs> on the Facebook page. <laughs> it's like victory on IG and then... And then like... Um, we lost uh we we had like we're up to 50 followers on ig and then it's like 47 it's like i don't know what's happening but it's like did you not like claws you not like <laughs> me talking about port port i don't know i'm not gonna try to you know play into those kinds of games that drives you crazy just gonna be myself we're just gonna be ourselves uh and then we had tw- we had like 20 something followers on twitter and now we're down to 21 we keep like ditching we're gonna go with like the minus followers on twitter i don't know what's happening over there um I'm just not worried about any of that stuff. But thank you guys who do listen. Thank you for the 21 people who are following us on Twitter. You're awesome. <laughs> and thank you to uh, all the people who follow us anywhere. We, we appreciate it. It doesn't have to be a huge audience. It's just you get us. Yeah. You feel us. And we appreciate that. So uh, we'll be back soon with something. I think we're all cooking up things that we're watching. Uh, you and I have a lot to catching up to do. We just finished Claws last night. We did. Claw- are we going to do something Claws? Two. I don't know. Yeah, we're talking about it. I mean, it was kind of fun, but I don't know if I can talk. I didn't hate it at all. It's so fun, but I don't know if I got, you know, I don't know if I want to do a... Yeah, just go on your on-demand and watch it. <laughs> it's really good. Watch Claws. Nisi Nash is amazing. I love that entire crew. 
So that's your that's it. No podcast on Clause Two. <laughs> that's how we do it. We we tout it and then we don't do it, right? What are you guys what are you watching right now? What are you focusing on? I know you're in class and you know you're fighting off your cold, so what are you like trying to catch up on? Um I'm finishing up Daredevil season two. Oh, uh, so I can start cool. watching Luke Cage. Um I start I actually watched the first episode of Castle Rock. Um, yeah, what do you think? I'm gonna have to watch the second episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel like it's gonna take some time to get into it. It's, yeah. I think it's I think it's like Penny Dreadful for me. Yeah, it's, it's but it's really good. It's like I need to pay attention to it. Yes, because I was kind of half watching it. I was like, oh, well, what happened? Yeah, the Bill Skarsgård. He doesn't say anything. He just looked at stuff and like he looked at that thing and it was really important. It gets to like episode six. This is probably not gonna bode well for me recommend, uh, recommending the show. You get to. To episode six, and you're like, oh, snaps. Oh, shit. What happened? Oh, shit. Yeah, like, I'm right. I think I just finished five. Yeah, it builds very slowly, and then it just goes off the rails, and it's just like, oh, fuck. So, do you know if this is meant to be like, are they trying to make like a Stephen King cinematic universe or something? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. So, So it's like in the same universe as like it? Yes. So, if you have watched. If you've read all the books, all the Stephen King books, not watched the films, but read all the books, uh-huh. the creators have taken you back to Castle Rock, this little town in Maine, where all of these little things have happened there. Cujo's happened there, Christine, blah, 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 all of his stuff. And it's no accident that Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise, is this thing, and I'm pretty sure I've guessed what he is. It's all of these little stories, and you'll see little shout-outs like Shawshank is there, you know, Shawshank Redemption, blah, blah, blah. When King wrote his Richard Bachman, mm-hmm. there's a little mouse that came out that's a shout to, like, Green Mile. There's all of these, and, like, Pangborn is a character from the books. Henry Deaver is a name that's been used. So there's all these kind of little homages. That's interesting. But he's a—I don't think he's a consultant. I'm not sure that he's he's— associated in any way but the two guys who did it are like uh stephen king's super fans mm-hmm. yeah so he's bringing all of the stuff into like this one universe have you started on where... gotham yet i haven't um i gotta start i meant to start when ian was out of town but i didn't i got caught up on the center started watching the center mm. on usa which is creepy 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 I'm going to get to Deadpool this weekend, so I'll let you know how that goes. Well, you don't have to. I mean, No, I want saying. to. I want to. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't want to. It's fine. Fine, <laughs> Andre, if you don't ever do it, <laughs> I will be hurt. I feel like if you watch to, even if you like super hate it, I think you'll appreciate like the shout outs to um, all the other stuff. So Cool. All right. Well, you guys have a lovely uh, rest of your week. And and stay safe and happy and cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk to you soon, guys. Right? Yep. Yeah? Yep. All right. I love you. Peace. 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 <laughs>